Thank you for tuning in to Hill Country Fellowship's sermon podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired as you listen today. For more information, visit us online at hcfburnett.org. Well, good morning. It's almost New Year. I saw that in the weather report, supposed to have like rain, sleet, and snow on New Year's Eve. I'm like, of course, 2020. You just, you just keep on giving. Come on. But you will not defeat us, 2020. You will not. Um, but it's supposed to be that in the morning. And then uh, we get that, that uh, springtime sunshine after that. Um, I hope you all had a great Christmas wherever you spent it. Uh, if you're joining us online or on K-Bay, I uh, hope you all had a, a fantastic Christmas too. Uh, it's always a blast to get together with family. We got to do Christmas in like three parts. We had our, our church family Christmas Eve and then went over to, to some of the families after that and then Christmas morning in our home and then, and then an extended family uh, Christmas afternoon for a couple days until yesterday uh, evening when we got back and it was just a great time. And uh, as, as I listened and I laughed and I, I passionately discussed things uh, with family and watch kids tear stuff up and and, uh, and leave garbage everywhere, and dogs try to figure out what that noise is, and all those things that come with, with the, the gathering. I just like, man, it's, it's about you, Jesus. And, and I loved all the conversations, no matter how passionate we were or how excited we were. It, just, it always wraps back around to Jesus, who is the light of the world. That's who we celebrate, and that's what we're looking at today. As we, as we wrap up this series, The King Has Come, we're looking at the light of the world. And, and what that means for us in, in, in every day, and what that means for us going forward in, in what God has for us and in what is maybe known and not experienced yet, you mostly know it, or what's unknown, uh, whatever it is, um, He is the light of the world and a city on a hill that cannot, be, that cannot be put out. He just is, and He always wins the day, and I love that about, about my Jesus um, so let's pray and, and kick off this, uh, uh, this last Sunday of the year together. And then one of the beautiful things that I love is that we're going to end with a couple songs of worship today as we partake in communion together. I don't think there's any way better a church family can end a year than to, than to take communion and to remember the most amazing moment in the history of the world uh, that set us all free and saved us forever. Uh, that's a beautiful thing. So uh, let's pray and turn this over to Jesus. Father, I thank you for being our light. When all other light goes out, you're there. When it feels like uh, uh, we're lost and it's hopeless and I can't find this or I'm stuck here, you're there. You're light. And so we celebrate you today as the life that brought us light. I pray that whatever we're walking through, Lord, we'd be able to turn that over to you. Lord, whatever needs to, be, needs to be shown by you, we would let the light shine on it so that it could be revealed and we could walk out of it or be set free from it or, or help have you deal with that in our lives, that we would not be fearful of the light, but we'd be drawn to it always. I thank you for being hope and I thank you for being life. In your name we pray, amen. Seeing the dark's kind of a hard thing, right? Uh, I mean, like... You ever been like so, somewhere where it's so dark, you're like afraid to take a step, you're, you're afraid of what might, your toe might hit or what your face might, might plant into or, or what you might step on? I mean, seeing in the dark is challenging. It can be painful. I mean, I, I've stumped my toe and run into things so often in the dark or, uh, you know, you, 
you're outside and it's pitch black and, and you didn't know that hill was that close. And so uh, you went for a, a little tumble. Maybe you're, you're, you're looking for something and you miss what's right in front of you because it's dark and you can't see a thing. Everybody lives in Delaware Springs. We know what it's not like at nighttime, right? We got no street lights, so it gets pretty dark over there. And sometimes you're like, I don't know, I, I, there could be a skunk right in front of me. Uh, or that could be a rock, or that could be my dog, or my child. I don't know. Uh, I'll know in a moment if I scare it, you know. You say things like, I can't tell what's coming. It's hopeless. I'm just going to stand here and never move. Or I'm scared. This is awful. This is awful. It's just too dark. I'm scared. And then the light comes on. Boom. Wow. Wow. The light comes on and you just see what's there. That would hurt if I stepped on it. I would have broken my toe on that piece of the, you know, uh, bed frame or whatever. So that's where I left it, right? There it is. Or maybe it's like, hey, that's disgusting. Turn the light back off. I don't know, <laughs> you know? And we say things like, oh, it's much better in the light of day. Uh, it's not as bad as I thought. I can make it there. Now I see the path to get me to where I'm going. And I would have fallen like 12 times and, and gone into the, 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 the thorn bushes. But now I know where to go because I can see whether I have a, a flashlight or somebody lights it up for me. Light is the promise of hope and joy. I can do this. It can happen. I'm excited about it. Whereas darkness is this threat of despair and misery. Nope. Paralyzed, wounds, you can't do it, get stuck, stay stuck, be stuck. So our big idea, today, big idea today as we look at Jesus as the light of the world is that he broke through the darkness. That's just what he did. Darkness threatened and Jesus came through. So our desire today is that for all of us, we just let Jesus meet us where we are meet us in our needs, that we would take hold of what he has for us, whatever it is you and I need. God is light. There's no darkness in him at all. This is the message that, that John tells us in the, in the gospel account of Jesus that he writes, and he, he tells us in the, in, the, in the teachings that he gives us later in 1st, 2nd, 3rd John about, about God being light. And he learned this from Jesus himself, like personally. I mean, it's pretty cool when you get somebody who had a personal eyewitness walking around being the best friend of account, and he says, this is what Jesus says. I think we can take that to heart and apply it to our lives. He says, Jesus came into the world to reveal light and truth. Truth versus lies. Good versus evil. The way God designed it to be, and the way the enemy tries to destroy it and distort it to become. And it's the foundational message of this book, this gospel. It is why this is where we find our, our basis in everything we do. We are gospel-centered and Jesus-focused. Because this will keep us in the light. Led by the light, light, lighting up our lives, no darkness found in us. And Jesus' entrance in in Bethlehem, right outside in that field, that, that starry night, it started this major war between light and dark. This cosmic battle, so to speak, began. Darkness tried to overcome him. I mean, one man who led a nation tried to 
tried to annihilate all baby boys born to try to get rid of him. Darkness tries to overcome the light, but it never wins the day. In fact, in, in John chapter 1, when and he's writing the gospel account of Jesus, it says, The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. This light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You see, light disintegrates darkness. John tells us more about this in the book of 1 John. If you want to turn there, 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. So he, he wrote the gospel account of Jesus, and then later he writes teachings to us to, to be led by as a church. And it says this about, about Jesus when he's talking about uh, him, about us living in the light of Jesus. And he says, this is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say that we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We're not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light as God as in, is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. So not only do we have light getting rid of darkness in our lives, but it allows us to have fellowship with one another that's true and real and gospel-centered. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That's what we get to celebrate later with communion. If we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. See, so he's saying that light, light shows you the things you need to, to deal with and take care of in your life. We, we struggle with some sin issues. Uh, maybe it's something you've never dealt with. Maybe it's something the Lord's just going to reveal to you. But, but don't, don't fret or panic or be ashamed when the Lord shows you issues to deal with. It's Him going, I want to set you free now. It's a good thing for the light to shine on the darkness in our lives to show us what needs to be taken care of. I mean, we probably all had that, that part in our house where, you know, all of a sudden you, you go over there and you look or something's lit up or you change a light bulb and you're like, oh my goodness, that was in the corner? You know, but it's like, it was always there. The light shows it so I can take care of it or I can go, you know what, I'd rather just get rid of the light bulb again. Right? Those are the choices we have. Either make it dark so I don't see it and hopefully wipe it out of my mind or I go and I, and I get rid of that junk. I get rid of that, that mess. I mean, this is God's holiness that he's talking about here. And when, when the light of his holiness shines on us in our darkened sinfulness, we, we have an opportunity there to be set free. We get to walk in truth. And repentance is what John is telling us. And darkness and its very existence in our lives is threatened. And Satan doesn't like that. He can't stand it when God shows you something to set you free. So he amps it up, tries to shame you, tries to, 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 to distract you. Anybody ever distracted from following Jesus? Nobody in 2020 got distracted from following Jesus besides me. You, me and you, Rowdy. Right? The enemy tries to distract us. He cannot extinguish the light. He cannot change the truth. But he can, he can distract Christ's followers. That's his goal. To try to lie to us and make us believe it and try to distract us from, from the point. And it doesn't mean that those things don't matter. I mean, there's so many things in our lives that matter, but they can't be our focus that we follow. 
Jesus has to be the one we follow as we love that person or deal with that issue or, or pray for that to happen or pray for that not to happen, whatever it is. And, and the enemy hates it because his existence is threatened when Jesus lights things up in our lives because light reveals truth. And he has a one truth. He is the anti, he's, he's the liar. He's the father of lies and the accuser of the brethren. So he can't stand truth. So that light comes on in my life, in your life, and, and we see what's there now. It's exposed. And I have an opportunity to do something with it. We get to enjoy. John, John's telling us here, hey, you get all these things that come with light lighting up your life. You get to enjoy Freedom. You get to you get to be healed from from that that mess in your life that, that that's there. You get you get to enjoy the good things that you now find. You know when you're well. You know when when a light comes on in your house or you're out for a walk and all of a sudden you finally get your flashlight to work. You're like, oh, I get to enjoy the things around me and I get to avoid the things that bother me. You know, I'm not going to step on that or that or that. And oh wow, that's really cool and that's really cool. Light shows us the stuff that to avoid and the, and, and the stuff that, that we should enjoy. Because God calls us to have a, a, an, enjoy, an enjoyable life, a joy-filled life. He wants us, we don't just get saved by God and, and he just says, well, just, you know, good luck for 70 years and then you get to have, enjoy life. No, he wants us to have a full and abundant life here and now. The forever is set. We don't have to figure that out. He's doing all that, and then we get to walk in and enjoy it. But, but he also has something here, and he's like, hey, in the midst of a, of a world that's broken, you can have a full and abundant life, but you have to make choices along the way. In heaven, there's going to be such a, a perfection of freedom. I don't necessarily have to wake up every day in heaven and go, I wonder if I should sin or not. It's going to be a sinless place. I mean, it's, it's hard to imagine the perfection and the beauty of heaven. But there's going to be so many things that we just don't have to deal with. And so many things. It's just constant joy. But here on earth, i got to choose every day to walk in the light. Or to be distracted by what the enemy wants to bring. Because he can't stand when we're free. I mean, it's amazing when the light comes on. We get to enjoy others who are along for the ride with us. This fellowship of the saints. That's a beautiful thing. We get to, we get to see what to avoid and, and not be bound by anymore. No, no more blind, being blinded by darkness. We get to see with clarity what, what matters most and, and what life is all about because it's always all about Jesus, not Scott. And so we get to see with clarity there. And Paul writes about the, the same thing in, in, uh, in 2 Corinthians 4. He has this passage in 2 Corinthians 4. Starting in, in verse 4, he writes this. He says, Satan, who's the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They're unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, 
but we ourselves are like fragile jars of clay containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is not from God, but from, not from ourselves, but from God. You see, Paul's saying there, hey, there is an enemy. You're going to have to deal with that. You're not, you're not living in some Pollyanna world where there's just like, you know, rainbows and puppy dogs and unicorns. Uh, I don't know if that'd be a great place. Some people think it would be, I think it'd be kind of odd, but, but he's saying, I mean, if that was all that was there, right? Uh, unicorns are creepy to me, so I just don't get them. Um, but he says, hey, this is, this is real. You, you have to exist in this, but it doesn't have to own you and you don't have to be bound by it. You're, you're set free. You're free to live an abundant life, but you gotta be in the light. You have to, you have to be in the light and you have to have your focus on Christ alone. I don't have to be this wicked, deceived, debaucherous, like vile person in order to, to be in the dark. I can say, oh, I believe in Jesus and then never open this, never fellowship, never repent of a sin issue and just go on smiling and go, yep, yep, yep. I love Christmas because, man, it's about, it's about Jesus being the reason for the season. Yeah. And then just go on living in darkness. I can, I can play the game. Paul's saying here, hey, you have, to, you have to follow him and live it out and talk about him because it's about Jesus and his word. That's what matters most. And, and when we're saved by Christ, that act on the cross that, that was for the forgiveness of sins so we could be adopted as sons and daughters, we sang about that. We are the sons, we are the daughters of God. When that happens in our lives and we're, we're given a new family name and a new family and we, fo- we follow Abba Father, now we're, we're, there's something different there. We put on a different uniform in that moment. That uniform of life and light and it means something. It's like when you're on a team, that uniform you wear, it unites you with your teammates. It unites you with, if it's a school, your school it, it unites you with, with the fans. That uniform you wear is more than just for you. You're not playing, uh, you know, uh, some solo game all for yourself. You're a part of something bigger. And it also connects you with, with everyone who ever put on the uniform, with everyone who ever went to that school, with everyone who ever will, will come along and, and put the uniform on, everyone who wore that jersey, is connected to you. Everyone who ever sang that fight song is connected to you. And it puts you in this historical setting, on this historical track to always be a part of something beyond just yourself. To always represent, to be, for us as believers, connected by blood. We're connected by blood. And there's a difference between being a fan of, like I... Uh, you know, I, I love my Steeders. There's certain basketball teams I enjoy. But like, I'll always be a, a, a uniform wearing, per, connected to my, my, my high school that I went to. I went to private high school in San Marcos. And, and, and that school will always be a part of me because I, I wore that uniform and I went to that school and, and we were together. I might always be a fan of a team or I might stop, but I'll always be a part of this that I wore the uniform for. And like a few years ago when, when that school won in the six-man Texas football championship, I won. I won. This 49-year-old guy won state championship 
in six-man football a few years back because I wore that uniform. And that matters and that means something. It's one thing I'm excited about with this, this new series we're starting in, in, uh, in January. It's going to take us all the way through the end of February. It's called Radical Faith Like Jesus. And we're going to look at different people, different stories in this word, the things they did that looked and acted and smelled like Jesus and, and what that means for us today. We're kicking off with, with Peter and looking at, at the choices Peter made. And, and, you know, Peter was impetuous and he made, he, he made some wrong choices along the way and, and he blew it at times. But, but, man, the choices he made also set him up to be the perfect person God would use to start the modern day church. The New Testament church was started on the shoulders of Peter. Jesus said so. We're going to look at, like, the radical you know, worship from Jehoshaphat and the radical generosity of the Macedonians. And we're going to look at the radical simplicity of faith of a little boy who brought this lunch that he had and said, if you want to feed 5,000 with it, okay, here you go. And what that means for us, this radical life in following Jesus. Because we're saved by Jesus, every relationship Every action, every endeavor should look like Jesus is actually doing it. That's a tall order. I get it. I falter too. I get it. But I'm also still a lump of clay on the potter's wheel. And I'm telling you this. My actions and my endeavors and my relationships look a lot more like Jesus today than they did 10 years ago and 20 years ago and 30 years ago. Because he's still honing and shaping me. It's okay that you're not perfect. If you were, you'd probably be dead and in heaven. So there you go. And you're still here with us. And so we got work to do. So the goal is that, that we would all be so transformed by Jesus that we would, we would live in this world with, with this purpose to see Jesus change everything around us. People's lives, circumstances, uh, uh, stuff happening in the political world, that Jesus can do it. That you can do this, Jesus. You're the God of miracles and you're the only one who can do miracles. And so I'm going to contend for miracles to happen. I'm going to live a truly indescribable life found in you alone that's radical. And so every week as a part of our radical series, we're going to have radical prayer. A few months ago, we had our bold prayer for eight weeks and just boldly prayed for God to do certain things. Starting off 2020 all the way through the, the end of or 2021, starting through the end of February, we're going to have radical prayer every Sunday. We're going to call on God to do things in and through and from us and in our nation. We're just going to call on Him to do it. He's the God that does it. He's the one that sits on the throne. He's sovereign. We trust Him, and we're going to call on Him to do those things. And we also pray on Monday mornings up here, 8.30 at noon. We pray. We're going to start praying for some radical things to happen in our lives and from our lives and in our nation. We're going to believe for it to happen. We're going to connect with God to do amazing things. We follow a God who actually prayed. Jesus prayed to God and he prayed for us and he prayed for circumstances. So we're going to pray to God. We're going to pray for one another and we're going to pray for circumstances to happen that bring glory to Jesus' name. We're going to pray boldly that no babies die anymore in our nation. God made them. 
Like he made all of us and he's still making babies. And we're going to defend them through prayer. We're going to pray for, for marriage to be what this says marriage is. A man born as a man marrying a woman born as a woman and they get married. We're going to pray that, that, that the two genders that God made that were enough remain enough. That's it. We're going to love people where they are. But we're not going to hide in the dark. I mean, what if I just talked to you real quietly from back here? I just talked and I just talked about uh, Jesus is pretty good. I like Jesus. You like Jesus? Let's not offend people. Right? I mean, not that I want to offend people, but if I just stood in the dark and I mumbled, what point would that be? This would hold no power in my life. I want to walk around and go, that person's sick. God, you can heal that person. I want to pray for that person and find them healed and still go, whoa, you did that. I want that. I desire so badly to see. This has been my prayer for, I mean, ever since I've been here. So four and a half years, I want to see dementia and Alzheimer's and, and Parkinson's defeated in people's lives. I want to see people healed from those things. I've never seen it. I've never seen it, and I have friends that I love who struggle with those. I want to see those people healed. Yeah. I mean, if you had told me 25, 30 years ago that, man, cancer can really be healed a lot of times, I'd have been like, mm. but it has happened. It happens. People get healed from cancer. People have massive blow-ups in their heart, and they get healed. Why can't God heal those things? Let's be radical and live in the light, and still love people who are in the dark, calling them into the light, because they don't know what they don't know. I love what Abby Johnson said when she was here for the, for the Pregnancy Center fundraiser. People don't know what they don't know. So how are they going to know? We go and we tell them. They, they, they know truth when we tell them in love. But let's not hide and go, you know what, I don't want to make them mad. They think killing babies is okay and it's a choice. I just don't want to offend them. No, I can lovingly go, hey, God created that child. Do you think that's a real baby? Yeah, okay, let me tell you this. You know, I meet people and they're like, is sex outside of marriage bad? Because isn't sex a good thing? And it's like, sex is a good thing. God made it. But he also made it to happen in a certain way. And they don't know what they don't know. So many people don't know that this says sex outside of marriage is bad. So we tell them. And we let the light come on in their life from Jesus. I'm not the one shining flashlights in their eyeballs. Jesus is. So let's live radical for him. So each week we're going to pray for the truth to be revealed in people's lives and in our nation. We're going to believe for the Holy Spirit to move in our nation. It ain't over yet. In fact, I just want to pray right now for our nation. I want to pray for Georgia right now. And I want to pray for my president, whom I love. So if you join with me, let's just do that. Lord, I, I lift up what's happening in Georgia right now. Lord, I pray that righteousness would not just win the day, but like wipe out the darkness in this day. I pray it's nine days away from the election of both those senators. And I pray that the ones who stand for keeping babies alive and marriage defined as you say it, and freedoms in our nation to win those elections. I pray for those that are going, heading that way to pray for Georgia. You'd give them favor and grace and, and conversations and powerful prayers 
But I pray on, on that election day, for those runoff elections, that the Republican senators will win to protect our nation and protect our babies. Lord, I pray for our president. Would you keep him safe and healthy? I thank you for a man who has, he don't even know me, but he has taken so many shots for me. I don't even really understand it all. And Lord, I pray that his heart draws closer and closer to you all the time. I thank you for my vice president who loves you with all his heart. I pray that, that both of them and their wives and their families would be safe and protected and healthy. Give them wisdom, give them direction. Lord, I pray for you to give them victory. We love you, Jesus. You're, you're sovereign no matter what happens. You win the day no matter what happens. You are the light and darkness can never overcome you. And I pray you continue to lead and guide our nation so we can be the greatest influence for the gospel possible. In your precious name we pray, amen. amen. Another thing we want to do with that, with that series, Radical, is we want to make sure that we live out the gospel, the Great Commission. We are called to seek and save the lost, just like Jesus did and said in Luke 19.10. His sole purpose on earth was to seek and save the lost. He leaves and he gives us that job that's our life. So we want to live. Radical doesn't mean I go crazy. And I'm like, woo! I, it means I live. I live for a cause greater than myself. And this is the only one with eternal purposes. And so we're going to live out the Great Commission. Jesus is described in Isaiah chapter 42 as this, this chosen servant from God. And and I want to read that, and then we're going to wrap this up and, and go into a time of communion. But he's, he's described here, it tells us you know, who Jesus is, is and who's he's going to be, who he's going to become, because this is a prophecy 700 years before he's born. So it's prophesying about this is who Jesus is, but when he's on earth, he's going to become this. And it's a beautiful connection to who we are. Isaiah writes, Look at my servant whom I strengthen." He's my chosen one who pleases me. I put my spirit upon him. So he's writing as God's talking. He'll bring justice to the nations. He'll shout. He will not shout or raise his voice in public. He'll not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. He's saying he's, he's gentle and loving. But he'll bring justice to all who've been wrong. So he's also very passionate. He will not falter or lose heart until justice prevails throughout the earth. Even distant lands beyond the sea will wait for his instruction God the Lord created the heavens and stretched them out. He created the earth and everything in it. He gives breath to everyone and life to everyone who walks on earth. And it is he who says, I, the Lord, have called you to demonstrate my righteousness. I'll take you by the hand and guard you. I'll give you, my, I'll give you to my people, Israel, as a symbol of my covenant with them. And you will be a light to guide the nations. You will open the eyes of the blind. You'll free the captives from prison, releasing those who sit in dark dungeons. See, this passage tells us about who Jesus will become, who he did become on planet Earth. It also refers to you and I as followers. This is who we are. This is who we become. Because we've been commissioned to be Jesus' representatives on planet Earth since he went and won't come back till he takes us home, this is us. As followers, we are the light. We light things up for people. So they can see, so they can be set free. 
So they can walk out of the dark places where they found themselves, whether they put themselves there or found themselves there or, or just circumstances overwhelmed them and they're just stuck in the dark. We light that up and we guide them out. Just like Jesus made happen for us when he came for us. Christmas time celebrates his coming for us. That beautiful moment where God is incarnated in a human being. I mean, we celebrate God with us. That's the incarnation of God on planet Earth. And, and as saved people, we're also God incarnate. Jesus is in us. He resides in us by the, by the presence of the Holy Spirit. So we are the incarnation of God now. Am I God? No. Do I have God in me, leading me? Yes. There is God incarnate living in my life. And our lives found in him should celebrate that, just like we celebrate him coming on Christmas. He made a way for us. That's why I love celebrating through communion time to any time to celebrate because he made a way for us, but to end a year, I love that. That horrifically wonderful moment on the cross was the culmination of proving that darkness could never overcome the light. Never. Try, try, try. Do all you want. You will never win because darkness cannot extinguish the light, as the NLT says. And, you know, as we go into this time of communion here in a moment, I first want to give an opportunity for anybody, whether you're watching or listening or you're here, if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, I want to give an opportunity for you to, to know Jesus and make a decision to follow him and, and then partake in communion as the very first act of your saved life of discipleship. Because communion is, we're told in scripture, is for the believer alone. Because we're commemorating what he did for us. So if we don't follow him, well, then we, we're not agreeing with that. So I always want to give an opportunity before we take communion so that's for someone to know Jesus. You were, you were created by a God for a purpose, but then we sin. So God made a way, he made a promise back in Genesis 3.15. Mankind will go awry. They have, they've messed it up, but I'm going to send a savior. So there's always been a plan to save you. And if, you, if you're listening or, or watching or you're here and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, he made a way for you. He came down. That was Christmas. He lived the perfect life that you couldn't ever live. He went to the cross, Easter, and died for your sins. And, and his blood was poured out so you could be forgiven. And he says, all you do is call on me and you'll be saved. Call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. You believe it in your heart, you speak it out with your mouth. You'll be saved forever. And then you begin a journey of following him as Lord. And when we celebrate communion, we remember him at the cross. We remember the sacrifice made. We remember the blood poured out so that we could all be forgiven. So right now, I just want to pray real briefly for anybody who wants to make a commitment to follow Jesus, or even maybe you just like, I want to make a recommitment. I, I, want, I want 2021 to be a year of light in my life. And I want to make that commitment today. So, so I'll just ask everybody to, to close their eyes and, and join with me in prayer. And if this is you, you just pray it with me. Father, we thank you so much for your salvation plan for the way that you made for us that no other could make, 
We were lost in darkness and you have come to bring the light to show us the way to live and to give us eternal life. And so if there's anybody in this room right now, anybody listening or watching that's never made a decision to follow you and their heart's being pricked and their, their minds are, are open and, and, and they want to follow the creator who made them and then died in their place to set them free. They want to follow you all the days of their life. I pray that you just help them right now to say, Jesus, help me follow you. If that's you right now, wherever you are, just Jesus, I believe. Jesus, I believe. Jesus, take my heart and let it be yours. Jesus, be my king. Jesus, be my Lord. Jesus, I choose you now as my savior. And you promise us in the book of Romans that all who call on your name will be saved. That's a, that's a promise made in blood. Bound in heaven. If there's anyone in this room who, who just needs to make a recommitment to follow you, to, to, to place their, their heart back in, in your hands and, and commit themselves to being disciples, I pray right now that you would move on their hearts to do that and they would just say, Lord, I choose this day to follow you with my whole heart. Be my Lord, be my guide, be the light of my life. In your name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening today. For more full sermons and service replays, visit our media page at hcfburnett.org and follow us on social media. God bless you and have a great week.